Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. When you wake up in the morning and the light is hurt your head, the first thing you do when you get up out of bed. the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. As always, we are very grateful for all the downloads and the participation on the Facebook page. And uh, just checking now today, um, for membership on the Facebook page, we are six shy of 900. Wow. And downloads are 1,159. And that's for every episode altogether. So right. We're just about 41 away from 1,200 on downloads. So that's uh, that's uh, awesome to hear. Yeah, and of thanks course, for everybody for listening and downloading. This is great. And actually participating on the Facebook page. I will say, though, people put some really good music on the Facebook page that I'm learning about some other bands or just cool performances too. So keep doing that. Cause you are helping, helping me out quite a bit. Well, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, one of our uh, big contributors, Alan Bridgeford, he uh, put on a couple of clips of the band trapeze, which uh, Glenn, I believe Glenn Hughes from deep purple. He, yeah. From deep purple. And uh, I was digging that stuff. And I need to look at that one. I have not looked at that one. Um, we've got a lot of people that post stuff, so I take my time trying to trying right. to listen to some things. 
I put I've been posting some stuff recently as right. well too. I did a cool performance just posted with um podcast guest Scotty Bratcher performing with Noah Hunt. Um, yeah, I haven't blue I haven't, singer. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm definitely gonna. There's another guy, uh, uh listener contributor who posted there's a, a some like a blues documentary that I also haven't been able to check out yet, but definitely will. Yeah, I mean. I love it. I love the participation. Uh, it's great. A lot of the bands, too, that we've had on, the guests from bands we've had on also do things or chat or post stuff. So it's, it's really good. I hope it continues. I think we're building up a real nice uh, community. Our UK friends from um, Southern Brotherhood, our Jeff and, and, uh, has been posting stuff for us. Andy's been posting stuff, too, at the same time. So I love the, I love the fact that we're building this music community. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night, uh, Jive Mother Mary had a live stream, and I don't know if you saw any of it. And uh, they were got there were some issues with the the vocals coming coming, you know, they weren't as loud on the uh, live stream as I guess in the room. They were all good. So, but I saw some of that, and I think they kind of got it ironed out. I wasn't able to finish watching all that stuff, but them Dirty Roses were playing last night as well too. And right. There's some. Um live stream i saw i saw um our buddy andrew out there with his double neck guitar playing a little bit and apparently it's also his birthday so i know this is coming out after his birthday but happy birthday looking forward to getting back on the show talk more guitar stuff yes happy belated birthday for andrew by the time you hear this although when we're cutting this it is your actual birthday today um, so we're on time brian we're on yeah time. <laughs> right well and i think they played a new song in that clip too as well and then uh, I know you commented on Andrew's uh, double neck. I did. It was awesome. Next time we have him on, I'm going to ask him about it. Yeah. And so, but uh, one thing we were discussing is that uh, one band that keeps coming around and references the Kentucky Headhunters and Kentucky itself, the state. Um, but I know the Kentucky Headhunters um, – Richard Young in the band, his son is John Fred Young, uh, the drummer from Blackstone Cherry. And I know they, those guys, uh, I don't know if they're still rehearsed there, but they, when they, when Blackstone Cherry just first got started there, you know, rehearsing in the, the practice space for the Kentucky Headhunters. Now was, I believe that was the room that TJ from the Thunderbolts was in, right? Was oh, he yeah. In that? Yeah, he was. That's right, because they gave us a little bit of a tour on that. So it yeah. showed us some of the memorabilia and stuff. So absolutely. So that's the, you know, and that's like the next connection that Richard Young took the Thunderbolts under his wing because they were playing at a festival and he kind of heard them from the back or the side. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm helping these guys out. And I think they're all in mask, the uh, mascot label together. Uh, Thunderbolts and Blackstone Cherry and Kentucky Headhunters. I remember I was watching a podcast with Charlie Starr, and he mentioned, you know, Blackberry Smoke and Blackstone Cherry started around the same time. And so, and at that time, the Blackberry Smoke guys had just started to get to know the guys in the Kentucky Headhunters. And Richard's going, well, hey, this is my this is my boys band here, Blackstone Cherry. And I think, uh, you know, through the years, those guys have played some, you know, same festivals. And there was uh, they were joking how they were going to go out on a tour with with uh, 
It would be Blackberry Smoke, Blackstone Cherry, and Buck Cherry. So they're going to confuse <laughs> the hell out of everybody. And throwing the black crows with that, you have all the all the black <laughs> and the cherries all together. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, now uh, a couple other people that are that's uh, uh, kind of got a connection with uh, Kentucky is that Jared England from uh, Black Mountain Prophet, um, his band. They, uh, you know, we recorded in Nashville, I believe. But when I talked to him, when I interviewed him, he was up in Kentucky, and I think he's like he lives up there sometimes. And then uh, Lisa Culbertson, who uh, did a did a, a guest co-host right before you started, mm-hmm. yep. she was she talks very highly of Kentucky and loving it up there. Yeah, it's kind of weird though. Are we seeing the the southern rock or the southern music scene start creeping northward a little bit? So we had Southern Governor on from Virginia, a lot of Kentucky connections. We've got Nashville. All those bands from the sixties and seventies were really Florida Georgia bands. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Is stuff migrating north, or is it just just influences right now? Well, interesting is that when if you go on Google, and I've seen this sometimes, and you just Google U.S. regions. I've seen like Kentucky considered in the Midwest, and then I've seen them considered. It's in the South. I'm from the Southeast. The South. You know, <laughs> right? You know. Well, I mean, you're closer. I mean, you tell yeah. me. You know. I mean, all well, parts know, of Ohio are still the South. If you if you want to get really clipped down to it, particularly right. the tri-state area by Kentucky, right across the river. That's you know, my mom's from Hamilton, Ohio, and we lovingly would call it Hamiltucky. Right, right. Yeah, I've got a cousin in Cincinnati, and she mentioned, you know, there's some interesting folks, you know. There are. <laughs> but, you know, Kentucky, I think, well, I don't know if it's a Kentucky Headhunters influence or whatever, but those guys now bringing all these other bands, taking Blackstone Cherry underneath their wing, of course, with the with the connection with the sun, Blackstone Cherry and Kentucky Headhunters continue to take other bands underneath their wings, too, because... Some of the bands that we've talked to on the podcast have had shows lined up or are having shows lined up with Blackstone Cherry, right? So they're, I think they're they're leading the way and helping some of these younger bands uh, get a name for themselves. Well, of course, um, Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry produced a, a Southern Governor's record, and they did that record up in the studio owned by Ben Wells and John Lahan from Blackstone Cherry. And I think some of the crew guys own part of that studio as well so it's all like not even seven degrees of separation it's it's you know like, closer to that two two and three the worst right and as uh like i mentioned i was ch- chatting with a future guest of ours and uh he had mentioned you know knowing greg martin from the kentucky headhunters knows him very well so it just that it did they keep coming back around now and i was talking with that individual about like the only t- Kentucky Headhunters song I know is Dumas Walker, which sounds to me like a country pop song. I mean, I don't want to judge, but I mean, it's one of those things where I'm fearful. Like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, I'll never like country music. And then get a little older. Okay, well, Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings, you know, that's right. cool. That's all right. But I'll never like, and then all of a sudden now I'm like, if I put my toes in the water with the Kentucky Headhunters, you know, and it's uh, that one song, it's like I said, that's the only song I know. And it's like, you know, bar bands in my hometown would play it. And it's just like, you know, but, you know, it seems like those guys have done a lot for for the scene that we're really into. Yeah. And don't get tied up in the labels because I kind of I've I've just learned to relax. Good music is good music, whether it's pop or country or rock or 
whatever it is. If you like it, it's good. It's good. And there's, it's, it's to be acceptable as long as it's not Phil Collins. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to our last podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, like speaking of, of country and, uh, you know, what a lot of us will consider to be the original country and what I guess some people call outlaw country now is, you know, I speak all the time about Southern rock crossing paths with country and crossing paths with bluegrass and crossing paths with blues, crossing paths with rock and roll all down in the South. So I think there's a little bit of all that that, that goes into the amalgamation that is Southern rock as right. well. So, yep. you know, you know, is blue Southern rock, is country Southern rock, you know, it's Blackberry Smoke. They call them the band that's too rock and roll for country and too country for rock and roll. That's right. You know, I think of them as a rock and roll band, but I know we can spin in, well, at least I know I can spin in my head about like what is Southern rock and whatnot. So we could have a whole episode about that. It's maybe it's, it's, <laughs> at some point, who knows? What you is know? this podcast about that we have? <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. Right. Um, but. Um, so what are we getting to around? Why are we saying all this Kentucky stuff and Kentucky Headhunters of Blackstone Cherry, Brian? Why are why I mean why are we bringing this up now? Um, well, we have a guest from the state of Kentucky, from Edmonton, Kentucky, and uh, I think I mentioned him, Chris Robertson, lead singer, guitar player from Blackstone Cherry. Uh, we're very grateful and very you know privileged to be able to uh, you know be put in touch with him and he was very gracious to come on and, you know it's kind of a for some reason like i draw a lot of like a, a parallels between uh blackstone cherry and tyler bright and the shakedown where you know you know i think tyler had probably been well pretty i don't know probably the most well-known yeah one of the most well-known people we've talked to so far and then you know then blackstone cherry chris from blackstone cherry interesting enough and then i posted that clip of you know, those guys played some dates together a couple of years mm -hmm. back, you know, and of course, Tyler mentioned those guys in the podcast when we were asking him about who, who do you like out there and in, in your contemporaries? And he goes, yeah, I think Blackstone Cherry is pretty, pretty damn talented, you know? So, I mean, to just to see, you know, that bill, how amazing that that have been for those that got to see that and that, you know, blues jam they did towards the end. Which is posted on YouTube, which we should probably post when we release this episode. That would be a good thing to have on there because I've seen it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they have a new record out um, called The Human Condition. came out on October 30th. And it's I, I dig it a lot. It's very, it's heavy. you know, it's heavy and it's very diverse. You know, it's Blackstone Cherry, but it's them, you know, covering all their bases, you know. And they're another band, too, that it's like, you know, their previous record, Family Tree, is very Southern rock blues orientated. I believe, yeah. you know, my favorite record of theirs, their second one, Folklore and Superstition, with my favorite song of theirs, Please Come In. You know, that song, that record is very, you know southernish blues based yeah you know when their first record was just you know crushing you know um and you know there's the song soul creek on folklore and superstition as well that's that's really good and really has a complete like southern vibe in it in the song and in the video um and you know of course you'll hear chris mention that like after they did family tree it's like well we just we wanted to get a little more aggressive again you know, it's, I think, you know, just like any other band, every record they make is just like a snapshot in their life at that time. Yeah, right. You know, and 
that's part of their sound. You know, they, they did two blues EPs as well, you know, so it's like they're this heavy rock band that has a very Southern rock influence that, that puts out some records that have that and they come back with an aggressive sound and they're kind of like, you know, the, you know, the hard rock, Southern, Southern rock band, the Southern rock band of hard rock or the hard rock band of Southern rock, however you want to look at it, but uh, incredibly talented band, incredibly talented, you know, um, uh, just, you know, Chris is a great singer and great guitar player. John Fred Young has got to be the most insane drummer. I mean, I don't know how many drumsticks that guy breaks during the show. If you watch him, he hits those cymbals like it's crazy, you know. And then, of course, Ben and John, they own the studio and just a spectacular, spectacular band. And I, I know everybody is going to enjoy this uh, chat that we had with him very well. So... Without further ado, uh, why don't we go to our interview with Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry. We're here with our guest this week on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, and we're very happy to have him. He's very uh, probably our most well-known guest here. So, as usual, I throw it over to Jason to tell the listeners who we have with us today. We are very honored and happy to have Chris Robertson of Blackstone Cherry with us today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We just want to get right into this new record. Um, uh, now this, I want to make sure I understand this was made during the pandemic or did you guys start it before then? We, uh, we started recording. Um, I want to think it was like very end of February, right beginning of March. Um, so we were in the studio as all the restrictions started to come down and everything. Um, so did that add like a different kind of energy or, or a different kind of like, any sort of a triumphant feeling like making a record, you know, under those circumstances or was it kind of like this, you know, uh, similar to the others? You know, I think there was a sense of, of the unknown, you know, mm-hmm. of who knows what this thing's going to turn into or, or what it could be. And I don't think any of us thought that it would be, uh, you know, this long with, you know, right. the world still being pretty much shut down for entertainers. Um, but, uh, you know, man, when we're in a studio, I kind of shut the world off. I just, I don't really watch TV. I don't listen to the radio. I don't do anything. I just kind of get into this weird headspace and it's just studio and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I didn't quite get it. You know, I I didn't understand the full scope of it until we had been out of the studio for about a week and I had to end up going to, uh, to a store to get some groceries. And I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you can't find anything, man. And, you know, it was, uh, it was odd, you know, and it, then it kind of became the reality. And then, you know, while we were finishing the last couple of days in the studio, we started getting notifications that shows were being postponed and moved. And, you know, here we are all these months later, and we've been able to do two uh, socially distant shows since March. 
And that's what we were going to ask about that too. Like, what, what, what was that like? Or, you know, how'd you feel about that? Man, you know, it's been the, it's been the weirdest year of my life to, mm -hmm. uh, to have, you know, something that you've done for so long, just be taken away from you. Um, with no, you know, restart date being solidified, um, you know, certain states are opening back up and they're having some shows there and stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still weird, you know, I mean, even those shows, they don't feel like shows, you know, mm -hmm. I filled in, uh, I filled in for the Kentucky headhunters, Greg, that plays with them, wasn't able to go out one weekend and I went and filled in for him at a show and, uh, you know, it was amazing to play some live music again, but it was still an odd thing, you know, with, with the way everything's been so far. You know, different, like looking out of the crowd and there's, you know, not quite as many people there. Well, no, it's just like, it's, it's odd because you would have clusters of people that, that, you know, there was no social distancing, no mask, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are kind of staying to themselves and wearing a mask and, you know, we were in Tennessee and Tennessee's a state where, you know, they've kind of opened the, the doors back up mm -hmm. and <clears throat> done their thing. And, um, you know, it, but it was, it was weird to see, you know, a bar full of people, you know, where all the staff were wearing masks and, you know, some people in the venue were wearing masks, but some weren't. And it, it was weird just to see how divided people are in general, mm -hmm. you know, on, on the whole thing. There's really no right answer to what you can or can't do. Right. As far as as far as entertainment goes, because, you know, you've got half the people in the country that are begging for it and half the people that are saying, no, 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 don't do it yet. You yeah. know, and, and man, you know, I've got people in my family that are uh, that, you know, are, are very ill and and, you know, having to take chemo and stuff like that. So, you know, I worry about the weakening of their immune system if I'm exposed or anything, mm -hmm. um, you know, man, but it's uh it's crazy. I just, I, I never would have thought I would have gone, you know, the last show we played um, before we did those two shows was uh, February. I don't remember the exact date, but it was, uh, it was just a few days after Valentine's Day. Best I remember we played in Dallas, I think for the PBR. Uh, and it was, it was amazing. And then, you know, we come home and the world shut down. So mm -hmm. here we are. <laughs> Although that was a Kentucky Headhunter show that you played on, you know, what did you feel? And as far as like the band, was there any kind of like, you know, they're coming to see us? Was there any sort of responsibility? Like, well, all these, you know, the people that weren't distancing or, I mean, it's certainly Man. not their fault or anything, but. No, no, no. It, uh, you know, it's, I, it gets back to, you have to let people make their own decisions. Right. Right. And, you know, the beauty of this country is, is the freedoms that we have that, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot of places and it makes me very grateful to live in the country I live in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's no knock to anywhere else. I just, you know, when you're used to certain things, you're used to certain things, you know, and uh, I, I think that's, what's been hard for Americans in general is, you know, a lot of times people saying, well, I'm not wearing a mask because this is, you know, America and I have freedoms. Well, you're not being asked to get rid of your freedoms. You're just being asked to look out for the person next to you, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that, that's the thing for me, man, is like, you know, this year has been difficult on everybody and especially, you know, financially, but, but mentally, I think it's taken a toll on a lot of people. And, 
you know, a lot of people will grab at, you know, I don't want to wear a mask and I, I want to go out and do these things because it's my right and I'm free and they're a hundred percent right, you know, but at the same time, a little bit of compassion goes a long way in, in trying to help a, a problem that's much bigger than any of us in our mask on. Right. You know? Yeah. So for me, that's, that's the thing, man. So that that's why it's odd to me, you know, like, trust me, I want to get back to normalcy as bad as anybody. And that little bit of normalcy of playing, like the socially distant shows to me are the greatest way of doing things right now. In my personal and professional opinion, because, you know, everybody has to wear a mask the entire time. And then, you know, when you get to your pod with your group of three or four people, then, you know, you're you're with those three or four people. You're not with a bunch of people. And I, I really like that setup of concerts, given the current circumstances of the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, well, talking about like the toll, yeah. the stress that, that the pandemic's had on people, um, uh, you have a song on the record called, called Push Down and Turn. And, you know, I've read some uh, previous interviews with you and I just wanted to say you're very courageous to talk about, you know, the stigma of mental health, especially with men, you know, and I, I have generalized anxiety, depression, and mm-hmm. I take meds as well. So I really identified that with that. And I just wanted, I really want to thank you for speaking Hi, out dude. about that. You know. And uh, just uh, if you can talk about how you think, you know, you know, that those mental health, uh, you know, these issues that they play in with, especially with the pandemic on top of it. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, it's been it's been one of the hardest years in my life, you know, um, and I think that's where that song came from. You know, th- those lyrics were written toward the end of last year, beginning of this year. And that song is really in- introspective, man. You know, it's really kind of a day in the life of me, honestly. You know, it's um, it's difficult, you know, especially, you know, like I said, in a year like this, when you have lived a certain life for the last 19 years and all of a sudden in the blink of an eye and with, you know, one kind of, you know, press release or press conference, my entire career is put on hold. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's fucking hard, man, because you're sitting back and you're going, not only is this my, my only source of income, right? Like the only thing I do in life is Blackstone Cherry. Like I record bands and stuff, but you know, that's not really a way to make money for me because I invest so much time in what I do that, you know, I end up making (laughs) pennies on the hour a lot of times, but, but that's fine because I love creating awesome music and and I love being able to, to, if, if a band wants me to help, you know, try to guide a song and we all love it at the end. And that's, that's cooler to me than, than making, you know, big money on a project. Um, but you know, man, when, when you have that, it almost feels like not only has the, the performing side of it been taken away, but it starts to eat away at the creative side as well. Mm -hmm. Because for me, man, like I can sit and play guitar all day long, but I'm, you know, I guess being a live musician has made me a little bit, uh, vein or 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 something where i crave you know i crave that reaction whether it's just a smile or or somebody flipping me off because they don't like what i'm playing <laughs> right I, you're a performer that's what you need you yeah need the dude, like i i, I the, the feedback of it is what is is the biggest part for me man you know like that's yeah. why i love being in the studio i love playing live music because you know that that feedback 
is 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 essential to an artist you know and yeah. um it's been a year without it essentially and uh right. it sucks i mean it is a, the it is 2020 has been the biggest pain in my ass <laughs> um you know just in general you know and i know i'm not the only one it's right, uh, right. i think everybody's you know, going to agree about 2020 i don't think it's going to be dissent that yeah, if anybody has wants an opinion on 2020, just listen to Steel Panthers' latest song. Some yes. up nicely. Yes. You know it, what I mean? Yes. <laughs> By the way, I dig y'all shirts, man. I really like those guys. Yeah, We you, do, too. You yeah, mentioned to helping out other bands, so I know you produced yeah, their, their record. and those Southern guys Governor. Speak, those guys speak highly of you. And, yeah, and I got the record. Well, I got it on CD, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Digging them, yeah, totally. We, we interviewed yeah, them a couple that, weeks ago. Right on, man. Yeah, they're good dudes. We uh, – we did that several years ago, man, and we've always tried to work together again since, but those dudes are up in Virginia, and I'm in Kentucky, and then I'm always on the road, and then the one year I'm not on the road, nobody is really able to do anything. So, you know, it uh, it is what it is, but we, we talk a lot over text and stuff, man. Yeah, I heard you sold an SG yeah, guitar man, I, too, Tom. Yeah, I sold – Patrick's got a couple of guitars uh, that used to be mine. I sold him – Yeah. I had a I had a white '65 SG that mm -hmm. he plays a lot that he does in their videos and stuff, and then uh, also there was an '82 Les Paul Custom. It's kind of tobacco burst that he picked up. Oh, on. nice! Um, so yeah, he he got more than just the SG off of me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I go back real fast to the mental health portion, real fast, Chris? Yeah, man. So one, there, there's two aspects of this, and it's really good that you guys are getting back on the road and playing, and other bands are too, because I think it helps you as performers for that mental health piece. It, it makes you guys happy, but also for the fans who are locked down, and, and it's, it gives them a little bit of hope, a little bit of uh, reprieve from all this crap that's going on. So I just want to thank you guys for going out and getting some shows and doing things well, man, uh, responsible for everybody. I, I appreciate it, you know, and it's, it's uh, it's it's they're they're not easy decisions to go out and play shows right now or to not. But ultimately, you know, if people feel safe enough to come out, then that is a hundred percent their choice. And you know, for those people that do come out, I, I agree. It's you know maybe the only one concert they'll get this year, and it's you know I see it on people's faces when we do get to do a show. There's such a release of energy and emotion that people have needed to let out for, you know, basically a year at this point. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, it really is a beautiful thing when it works right, man. Mm -hmm. So also, you know, getting back to, you know, uh, there's a couple other people that gave you a shout out. I know that, you know, and that's, you know, we had Tyler Bryant on and I know you did a string of dates yeah, with them and he spoke highly of you and also the Georgia Thunderbolts that we had on, you know, obviously yep. there's a little more of a deeper connection there with, I bet it's John's yeah. dad, you know, really took them under their, his wing. Oh, I, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, dude, Tyler Bryant, that dude is one of the just nastiest guitar players on the planet. Uh -huh. I mean, you, you can't say that enough about him. Uh, and the whole band are sweet dudes, man. We did those shows with them, and, you know, we, we kind of hit it off like family just from the get-go. Um, and then uh, and then the Thunderbolt kids, man, I call them kids because, you know, I'm, I'm a good 10 years older than old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – but man, it's uh, it's so cool to see you know another another generation of just good Southern rock and roll, and I'll be damned if Richard didn't find them again. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he just 
he's got a knack for good Southern rock in my opinion, you know, picking up Thunderbolts and it, uh, you know, man, it's, and, and I know our new records, you know, heavier than family tree, but it's still as Southern as it gets, man. I mean, oh, the, hell yeah. you can't, you, you can't pull that shit out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And that's yeah. the great, uh, yeah, diversity. We're talking about that new record. Yeah, dude, we, uh, we you know, yeah, that's we, where we, I was going to go. No, no worries. We, we did family tree. Um, and for us, we just wanted to make a record that was when we did Family Tree, we were so tired of of just like, you know, doing the same kind of shows we had always done. And we wanted to do a record that was a lot of fun and would potentially open the door for us to go tour with different artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely did. You know, we ended up going out our government mule and yeah. doing shows with, with Chris Robinson and King's X and a bunch of bands we'd never got to tour with after we did that record and man, it was one of the most fun records we ever made. Um, but you know, when we went in this time, the only thing we knew was that we wanted to be a little more aggressive and, uh, just kick it in the ass a little harder this time, you know, as far as sonically goes and, and the, uh, just the energy of the songs, um, you know, and a lot of the songs on this record are, are more personal and, and, and deeper lyrics. Um, it's like I said, dude, we weren't, when we did family tree, we were literally having the time of our lives, you know, going out and playing shows and doing 10 minute jams like Skinner and Almond Brothers and, <laughs> and Led Zeppelin. Government Man. Mule. Yeah. Black dude, Rose. You know, yeah. Like we, we would break into a jam in the middle of a song for five or six minutes and then go back into the song. And it was so much fun. And I, we yeah. will always keep elements of that in our, in who we are because it's become a part of who we are. But, you know, we just wanted to kind of, just make a record that every song said something and you know, that, that it would compete with, you know, sonically and, and the intensity of anything you put it up against. And for us, man, it was just turning the amps back up a little bit more, you know, and, and just letting out some of the stuff, you know, that, that we hadn't in a while. I mean, yeah. You know, it's inherent when you, when you make a record that is, you know, such a fun record as Family Tree that, you know, the next time around, there's going to be some other emotions that come out. And, you know, Push Down and Turn is a great example of that. Um, uh, when Angels Learn to Fly was another song, you know, that that was a, uh, a direct result of, of a family member passing. So it uh, this record, man, is, is is a very heavy record. And I don't mean that just in the sense of, Oh wow, it's just it sounds heavy, but lyrically it's 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 heavy, man. You know, like there's there's songs on there that that really speak to a great deal of different things to go through. You know, well, it's great the diversity that you guys have. You know, you the you know you you know you can't really be put in any kind of category. You know, your hard rock, maybe even metal, southern. I mean, it's just great to have that diversity, and and I really appreciated that family tree that you guys did that rootsy thing and. And but I love this record too. It's very diverse, and and honestly, and I mean this from my heart, it's second only to folklore, folklore and superstition for me because that's the record yeah, where man. I fell in love with you guys. But yeah, the Human Condition is just fantastic. I love. It. Thank you so yeah. much. Totally. I, I I sincerely appreciate that, man. You know, we we uh, we self produced again. You know, like we did on Kentucky and Family Tree, but this time, man, we we took just a totally different approach to the production and. We brought in Jordan Westfall, um, who tours with us live and does our monitors and uh, kind of handles the stage. 
patch and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we brought him in as an engineer because he had so much studio experience. And his experience, you know, ranges all the genres. But where Jordan, you know, really shines was he had recorded a lot of heavier stuff, you know. And we knew we wanted to bring, you know, elements of that into the Sonics. So having him was just, I mean, it, the, the guy was, he's, he's invaluable. You can't put a, put a number on what he's worth to us, not only, you know, as an audio guy, but, but just as a person, I mean, he's, he's become family just like the four of us and all of our other crew guys. Yeah. I mean, I listened to this album and I was surprised, but surprised in a good way because I'm an old school metal guy. I'm mm -hmm. sure I'm doing a Southern rock podcast. I love Southern rock music, but I was like, wow, heavy, aggressive, a lot of energy, but, but just a good album at the same time too, man. It's, it's good stuff. Thanks, man. I sincerely appreciate that. You know, Jordan, Jordan ended up mixing the record and being the executive producer on the record as well. He had so many great ideas. And, uh, you know, from the minute we walked in the door, I knew that because it was between me and him to mix the record. I mixed Family Tree. Jordan mixed the new record. And we walked in and, you know, about two days into it, we were listening back to sounds. And I was like, no, Jordan needs to mix the record. You know, he's, he's the guy bringing the sounds into the system and he understands this style of mixing so many light years beyond me that it just made sense, you know, and I'm yeah. so glad, I'm so glad that the record came out the way it did and that he mixed it. And, you know, it just, I, I couldn't be happier with this record, honestly. Yeah. So when you're doing more of an aggressive or heavier album like that, what is the emotional outlet like different for you guys when you do it versus maybe a rootsier album like your other one? Um, you know, man, like on a record like this, obviously the music lends itself to just let out, you know, stuff. But for me, like Family Tree, you know, the a lot of emotion in that, you know, My Last Breath is probably that one and uh, Dancing in the Rain were probably two of the most serious songs on the record. And, you know, there there's emotion there. But on that record, man, you know, for me, it was more the emotion was expressed more in, you know, the playing and, and the music than the lyrical content to where on this record it is, you know, the music and the playing, but it's also, you know, vocally and lyrically, there's, there's a lot of emotional stuff on it. Mm -hmm. I know we got a limited amount of time here. So we, we, we wanted mm -hmm. to sneak in a couple of gear questions. Um, yeah, um, Jason, you want to uh, tell them about Andrew's yes. question? Yep. So from one of your fans, somebody by the name of Andrew from some band called Them Dirty Roses is asking, mm -hmm. are you still using Helix pedals? <laughs> Man, so I used my Helix for um, about three years and I recorded uh, both of the Black to Blues EP with Helix and I recorded Family Tree with Helix. Uh, I'm currently not using it um, and I just grew to a different sound that I was hearing that I wasn't able to get there. Um, I still have it, still think it's a great unit, but now I am using um, a Kemper. And what I did was I profiled my studio rig while we were in the studio. You know, when we were finishing up, I was like, let's leave everything set up on the guitar channels. Let's not touch it. I ordered a Kemper so we can get all these rigs. And uh, we, uh, we ended up, You know, I think that was the other people calling. Sorry, uh, <laughs> we. But but I ended up profiling my rig, and it was a Splawn Super Sport 22 
with a 66 basement cabinet and mic'd up with a 441 and a fathead microphone. Wow. And then also you you've been playing Lucky Dog guitars, I believe. Is that out yeah, of Tennessee? <laughs> to tell yeah, us about dude. those. <laughs> so, dude, it's uh, it's uh, I've I've become great friends with a guy. His name's Anthony Sims uh, out of Cleveland, Tennessee. And man, he makes you know he makes uh, Tele and Strat style guitars, you know. Okay. Um, but they are just friggin' amazing, man. Like I literally before I remembered the Zoom call, I'd been in there playing one of them that I just restrung, uh, a Lucky Dog Evangelist. And man, it's just, I don't know. You know, I've always loved Fender guitars and Fender mm -hmm. makes some absolutely fantastic guitars, but there's something special about what Anthony does. And, you know, they're just not your average run of the mill guitars. There's, there's an attention to detail and, you know, it's him and one other guy building the guitars and it's all from the ground up from blank pieces of wood and, you know, I just, I, I really love what he's doing. I, and I love the kind of guy he is. He's, he's a world-class human being and a world-class luthier, man. And I, you know, his guitars are world-class. So yeah, you get those three things together to me, man. And I'm proud to support and, you know, play some of those guitars. Lucky dog guitars, listeners, check them out. Yeah, All right, man. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot to us. I mean, we've just yes, been going sir. since July. We're a small podcast, so no worries, man. Means... I'm sorry it took me so damn long with the stuff. Um, no, but uh, there, uh, my other interviews calling, fellas. I'm gonna have to let y'all run. All right, man. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. It's always another great interview. This time with Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry. You know, one thing that was uh, very cool talking to him with is about their record, The Human Condition that that was done pretty much during a pandemic. And it, it reminds me so much of the same situation that Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown were in, making a record, starting it out, all of a sudden, boom, there's a pandemic, you know, where they're going to cut this record. And, and you know, they're not, you know, since people can't tour, what are they going to do? Are they going to release it, not release it? And they release it. And, uh, you know, I just find that those two bands are so very, very similar. And, you know, also you know, when we're talking about all our, you know, not even so much seven degrees of separation, you know, just recently uh, the Georgia Thunderbolts opened for Blackstone Cherry. And I think they've maybe done that a couple of times in the past, but that was awesome to see. And it's funny how Chris called them the, the, the Thunderbolt kids because he's like yeah. 10 years older than them. <laughs> they um, are kids. Yeah. You know, compared right. to me for sure. Yeah. But, uh, and also, you know, Southern Governor has opened some shows for Blackstone Cherry and, and bought a guitar some... from Chris too. Right. right? Yeah. That story. Correct. Yeah. That SG. Yeah. That white SG. Yep. Yeah. Patrick bought the white SG and then there's uh, Chris mentioned the other guitar, the Les Paul too, that, that he bought from them. So yeah, that was, that was really, really cool to hear. Well, what else? Riley got his Les Paul from uh, the Kentucky Headhunters, right? From, um, Right, 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 right. From Greg. Yes, there you go. Because he spoke about that on our guitar player roundtable a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Yeah, right on, right on. Nice memory on there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I haven't had enough to drink yet today. That's why. I <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> uh, um, what else did you take out of it? Well, you know, I think the correlation you made between Tyler Bryant doing his album during the lockdown or quarantine or pandemic and same thing with Chris doing this Blackstone Cherry album is what stuck out to me is the emotion that came out of how the album sounded. So both albums are a little bit heavier, 
little bit more aggressive than the previous albums from both bands. So it was that a factor a little bit and, and probably the making of that. It sounded a little bit like from, you know, the emotional side that probably was. And, you know, that's that's interesting to me. And then just I feel bad, like all the artists that would love to be out the road, torn on the road, cannot get out there or hardly get out there right now, too. And they're, they're champing at the bit to get back on the road once we can get past this thing and get everybody out there again, too. So, you know, they're excited to get out to perform to everybody. They're waiting. You know, it kind of hurts them. But we want to we're all we're all waiting for the, the all clear sign to get out there to see everybody again. Yeah, and it's nice that they can do some of these social distancing shows. And, yeah. and I, you know, and I'm, you know, once, like you said, when we get on the other side of this thing and get the all clear, I, I think it's going to be like a whole new, like, shows are back. It's like maybe, a lot more appreciation, I think. Right. Yeah. I think we can, you know, we probably take it for granted a little bit. And it's funny the things you'll see on Facebook from bands like, you know, like, you know, these memes where they're praying. And it's like, I swear I'll never complain about doing loadout again. I'll never complain about like <laughs> right? the early morning inter- you know, radio interviews and that kind of stuff. And I think people are, you know, the bands and, you know, the fans are really seeing that. Like, I think it's really going to be a, a hell of a celebration once we're on the other side of this thing and can go out there and see shows again and, you know, you know, take some trips, you know, get on a plane, go down south, you know, meet some folks that we've talked to and fill up some of these venues so they stay in business so they don't go right. away. So we have right. places to listen to live music yeah. again. And, you know, because that's potentially the worst part of some of these smaller, medium sized venues go under. There's going to be less places for bands to play and for us to see them too. And that hurts everybody. Yeah. It's, that's, that part's really sad. So, you know, support everyone how you can. And uh, just keep on keeping on until we get to that uh, celebration of the return of live music. And having said that, I believe that's a good lead into saying, always remember, Southern rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. It's hard to make a stand All my sisters are caught up in the city All my brothers are fighting in the sand I speak the truth but nobody believes me You hear my words but do you understand?
been I've been addicted to Game of Thrones lately, okay? You kinda remind me of Khaleesi just a little bit. Hey, I love you so much. Let's do some damn blues, shall we?
Take a big swing. What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz. And I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal. You don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.